on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Shep has the need, the need for sight speed so she won't get hit with a chrome badge of shame. We talked about new combined audience targeting in Google search campaigns. And Shep talks about what Google thinks she really likes in life. Spoiler alert, it's some cold, hard steel. And Greg has some news on John Cena-inspired new control C from Instagram from Facebook. It's a mouthful. <laughs> oh, on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shep. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on November 15th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our Famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. We read all the news. So you don't have to. And today's show is brought to you by ShopSEJ.com. And on ShopSEJ.com, you will find advertising across the entire search engine journal platform. If you are looking to put together your budgets, maybe get some new business, try to get a few more users of your product, they've got a slew of products for you. Anything from banner ads to webinars, ebook sponsorships, native ads, even this thing called pod, pod carts. You can sponsor a <laughs> podcast over there. For anything that you're looking for, head on over to shopsej.com and see all that they have to offer. And it's like a media kit. Yeah. Like a almost shopping like a shopping cart. cart. Yeah. It's cool. It's the new media kit. They're revolutionizing it. Head over to shopsej to see it for yourself. All right. What's in the news this week, Shep? First up in the news this week, combined audiences have arrived for Google ad search campaigns. This exciting news was broken by Stephen Johns on his at Stephen Johns 21 Twitter handle. He breaks all the news at yeah. Stephen Johns. Especially this week. We have some more it's coming. too much, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> so now when you go into the audience tab in a campaign and browse audiences, there will be a fourth option under similar audiences and affinity audiences. You'll be able to see combined audiences and create new ones. You can combine audiences with or to expand your reach or and or not to narrow your reach. And what's really new here for search campaigns is that and. Because before, for or you could add multiple audiences to your campaign mm -hmm. and it would target both of them. But with this and, it's new because you can say, I want them to be in this audience and this audience. And not this one. Yes. I don't want these people. And one of the examples that he had was brilliant if you look at it. He had... In again, in, in this tweet that he put out, um, a look at the audiences and what he said not to do was bargain hunters or value shoppers. And for some people, that makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. So I love this. I fave it. And then you can save them and apply them to multiple campaigns at once, which is before, if you had a type of business where you had like the same audiences that you wanted bid adjustments for every campaign, you'd have to apply them all individually. Now you can save it. Do them all at once. It'll make it super easy. I also noticed another search audience update this week. We announced, well, Google announced and we reported on it, that in-market seasonal event segments would be available a few weeks ago, and now they're actually in there. So the events that they have in here are back to school, Black Friday, Christmas, and Mother's Day. So no love for dads, I guess. Wow. Look <laughs> at this. Interesting. Uh, Dan Rather over here breaking some news. <laughs> It, one one point of information as well with this is from what Stephen had pointed out aren't officially released. It's not official from Google, but we're seeing it in many accounts. Yes, I see it in mine. Yep. It's official for me. Maybe not everyone else. Me and Stephen John. <laughs> and then it seems like these in-market seasonal event segments are here, though, for everyone because they were announced officially. Now they're in my account. So those holidays are the main categories, and then there's subcategories underneath. So for Black Friday, for example, there's an online and in-store subcategory. And this kind of led us on a little tangent this week. Greg, have you ever looked at the interests that Google thinks your personal Google account has in I your have browser? Not. 
Okay, so we were in the marketing channel on Slack talking about this last week, and my personal one is pretty good, but my work one is like a little fuzzy, probably because like the research I'm doing for clients. So first, I'm scrolling through and it says reality shows, moving and relocation, homeowner, knew my education status. It seemed pretty aligned. And then it said that I was interested in metal as a genre of I'm music. interested in metal. I'm very interested in metal. I know the difference between 1084, 1040. No. The Rockwell Hardness Scale. Heavy metal music. Oh, I thought you meant like steel. Which is actually like probably the only genre of music that I really do not like universally. That's probably a hard take. But that's because you play your metal music before the show every week. Every week. It's a ritual here at Marketing Clock. So Google's listening and they think I like metal music now and it's simply not true. But hopefully the audience targeting is a little better if you're not around people who are playing music that you don't like. Okay, and I didn't know we were going to share ours, so I'm going to go live right now and look at some of mine. Basketball, Apple iOS, not really. American football. It's got my age right. That's good. I'm right there in millennial. (laughs) Boating? That's a weird one. Uh, And you can hop in. Again, just go to adsettings.google.com, and you can get there pretty quick. Construction and power tools, that's good. Cooking recipes, that's good. Cricket? (laughs) No thanks. No, thanks. Can I get rid of this one? Yeah, I'm turning cricket off. I don't want anything. I I don't, I would like to learn cricket. I just don't think I have the time to add that to my repertoire. It's pretty interesting to see what they. Shep, you know what it says I like? What? Flooring. I know that's a little project you got going on right now. Yeah. But head on over. It's cool. Not only do they show you why you're seeing the ads, but there's cool little icons with everything too. Cute little icons. Like that's somebody's job. (laughs) Making little icons about the ads that you like. What a world. What a life. What else is going on this week? All right. YouTube is rolling out a new system after a $170 million settlement from a COPPA fine in October. There's more to unpack here than Christmas morning, folks. So I'm going to go quick. But COPPA, all capital, C-O-P-P-A, it stands for the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. And it was put in place to stop the collection of data from children under the age of 13 without explicit consent from their parents. Quick aside, chap. I move to change the name of the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act to the Children's Holistic Online Privacy Protection Act. C H. Choppa. The Choppa. <laughs> so anyway, YouTube is putting the onus on the creators as to whether or not they are making content for children under the age of 13. And the creators will be able to, they'll have to be required to tell YouTube if your content is made for kids or not. So YouTube will also use machine learning to try to help identify videos that clearly target young audiences. And from YouTube themselves, they said, at a high level, content that is made for kids has an emphasis on children or children's characters, popular children's programming or animated characters, play acting or stories using children's toys, child protagonists engaging in common natural play patterns such as play acting. That sounds so weird and specific. Popular children's songs, stories, or poems. One of my thoughts is like, we're furries on this. <laughs> is that like a, like uh, stuffed what is, animals? What, what, do, what could machine learning think when you see, no, people, dr- furries. Like mascots? Oh, no. What are furries? Oh, no. Two no. kinds of people. <laughs> people that know. What is a furry? People that dress up as cuddly animals. So like at Disney World or Times Square? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. You'll have to Google that on your own, folks. Okay. But anyway, Google will stop serving personalized ads on content that is made for kids, whether designated by you, the creator, or by their classifier. So some features also won't be available if you're marketing to kids, uh, such as comments and also, again, that personalized ads, basically. So that was launched. Google put out this whole new YouTube terms of service as well. And they slipped like a rider in the terms of service. So this is secondary to this. But they talked about COPPA, talked about the changes, talked about you have to mention if you're targeting kids. And then they said, termination by YouTube for service changes. YouTube may terminate your access or your Google's account access 
to all or part of the service if YouTube believes in its sole discretion that provision of the service to you is no longer commercially viable. So they could shut down your account? If you're not commercially viable. So if you can't monetize your account? Yeah. I feel like I'm falling down right now. <laughs> I'm not economically viable. So if you're not economically viable... They could shut your account down, according to this provision, which is so a strange one. That to- that kid's toy review is shaking in his boots, basically. Yeah. He's going to have to go back to school. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say anything mean about a kid, but those videos really stink. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, and lastly on here, any creator that had content flagged as being towards children won't be able to appeal to YouTube's decisions about whether or not they are correct uh, under this new policy. There should be a new system apparently that's rolling out in 2020. So if you're a creator, go through and flag if anything is directed towards kids so that you are not penalized under this. And don't try to make money off kids. Yeah, agree. Okay, also this week, Google announced a plan to encourage publishers to improve their site speed, which is always good news. So in the statement, they said Chrome may identify sites that typically load fast or slow for users with clear badging. Now, they're kind of unclear about what this badging is. Right now, all they've announced are when a user clicks on a link in the search results, an organic link, when the page is loading, a notification could come up that says loading usually loads slow as that blue bar is going across. And if a site loads faster than other sites, it'll have a green bar across. But, you know, that page shouldn't pop up because it loads so fast. So it's not going to say usually loads fast. I know. It's going to be so lightning quick. (laughs) Hopefully it just comes up. One of the funny things I saw, I don't know if it was The Verge that reported it, but it came through my Twitter feed. And the title was something like, Google Chrome unleashes a badge of shame. I like that. I think it should be the badge of shame. And in this one, it's just kind of a red little warning sign. It's a message to everybody out there. There's no more excuses Mm -hmm. for not being speedy. They also said that they might... These are the only formal things they announced. These two, the green bar and the notifications as it's loading that says it usually loads slow. But they also said they might in the future have a notification that says... This is loading slow because of your device or network connection, which is also nice because you won't, you'll know not to blame the site. I like that as well. Right. And just for the record, there has been no mention at all of this showing up in the search engine results pages. Mm-hmm. But if you had to fast forward five years ahead, okay. there might be a badge of shame there. Who knows? Because that that's what badge made me think of. I agree. Okay. Next up is an article from Digiday, and it covers Google Discover. And over on Digiday, Max Willens has a fantastic article, and I'm going to read straight from this. This past October, Google Discover drove more traffic to Vogue International's editions than Google Search did, said Sarah Marshall, head of audience growth for Vogue International at Condé Nast. Discover beat Search? Wow. No wonder Sarah didn't forget those numbers. But um, bumch. Okay, the growth is not confined to foreign markets either. John Shihada, awesome dude and VP of audience development for Condé Nast, said they've seen 20%, up to 20% of U.S. sites' Google traffic come from Discover over the past few months. Though there are no clear explanations for why Discover has been bigger hit abroad, Marshall and Shihada believe that the mobile device and browser markets play a role. And that's all from Digiday. It sounds like this might be one of those the less you do, the more you do scenarios. Keep focusing on your content and also be aware that Discover ads are in beta. If trying to get Discover traction, Discover ads might be a good anticipatory order for you. However, in the article, an unnamed source said that while Google Discover was intriguing, the traffic was erratic. No one is counting on it yet, they said. Weird. I mean, if you get attacked by a shark, are you just going to give up surfing? Yeah, a lot of people do. (laughs) However, Gary from Google followed up with a tweet warning folks that there may be a point where the traffic shall not pass. And he said, I just hope people realize that this may go away overnight and they don't build their whole business model around it. So if Discover's working for you, great. And it stops, 
Well, when life gives you lemons, just say heck the lemons and bail. Are those all forgetting Sarah Marshall jokes? (laughs) (laughs) I've seen the movie once on a plane. All right. Great work. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take comes from Joel Kletke. And what Joel has to say is short, sweet, and to the point. Joel says, copy by committee will not be great copy. I love this. I do too. (laughs) You're the content person here. There's like definitely something good about editing and having other people look at your work. But when you're making too many changes and there's multiple people writing in one document, especially we find ourselves in pickles here a lot where we're like all in, we'll have three people in one document at once trying to write a proposal or something. And it's just not a good way to do things. It gets so sloppy when people are editing things. It's just messy. Yes. And, and especially when you're dealing with clients and no offense, we love our clients there's a bit of that Dunning-Kruger effect where you, everybody thinks they're the expert on something and everybody has to have an opinion. And for many positions, that's like your whole job is to give <laughs> some kind of feedback. But yeah, we know what we're doing. People know what they're doing. Not everybody has to participate. and It doesn't have to be groupthink. Let people that are good be good. Especially when we send to the clients. I think it's better when they have one point person because sometimes they're undermining each other because each of them think that they're the authority. Yeah, it's a one-up one up fast. Yeah, and we do it on our team too. It's just something that's better done with one or two people. You can't have everyone involved. It just gets to be a lot. Right, it just comes out vanilla that way. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Joel. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and non-paid. First, we'll cover everything to do with advertising, a.k.a. paid, and then report on the organic or non-paid. Here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. First up in paid, we have more news broken by Stephen Johns via Twitter, and it's not the last of it. Google is introducing demographic bid adjustment simulator, so you can see how age or gender bid adjustments will affect clicks, costs, impressions, and top impression share. And also, this is just a test, right. it seems like, that he has because he's Stephen Johns 21 on Twitter. <laughs> and I don't have this in my account. I don't know if it's because Stephen Johns 21 on Twitter is in the UK or if he just gets everything and I don't. I don't have this. I'm not jealous of many people, Shep, but Stephen Johns 21 <laughs> on Twitter, I'm very jealous of. He breaks everything. He gets all the new stuff all the time. So I'd love... For this to happen in my account, we'll have to wait and see. And another story broken by Stephen Johns 21 on Twitter. He This time it's from Facebook. And in his Facebook account, they're allowing him to optimize for traffic objective with in-stream video ads. In the U.S. right now, you can only use these ads with engagement, reach, video, view, video views, or brand awareness objectives. So this would be amazing if we could actually use these videos to get people to our site. Wishful thinking. Let us know, Stephen Johns 21 on Twitter. And next up, Ginny Marvin introduced the first ever periodic table of PPC elements for Google Ads and Microsoft Ads campaigns. Did Stephen Johns break this one too? He didn't. I Actually, I didn't check. He might have said something <laughs> about it, but that's not where we read it. So this is a big report that you can download. And basically, it has four different periodic tables The first is essential PPC elements. They're broken out into families, just like the real periodic table. This whole thing kind of gave me hives of being in chemistry. There's a lot in here. The the chemistry was not my strong suit, so this was a struggle for me. So the families are, actually, I don't have all of them here. Some of the families were structure, format, bidding, and targeting. And then the second one was PPC optimization and measurement, so Some examples of this were measurement, tools, and signals. The third was key metrics. So they have click share, average card size, CPA, impression share, and other metrics. And the last one, which is interesting, they also had toxins. So some of the examples here were bad landing pages, spooky, (laughs) daily budget, two times overspend, unchecked bid adjustment layering, and others. One one also is just like (laughs) neglect. It's funny. It's like, just don't look at your account. Also, speaking of toxins, 
I really enjoy folks that just talk about your body's toxins. Are you a believer of just toxins and like eradicating toxins and having like mists and spray ointments to get rid of your toxins? Um, I like those foot pads that are supposed to like suck <gasps> the toxins out of I you. love those where you put them on your feet at night yeah. and they're like bright white and you take them off at night and it's the brown, muddy. Yeah. yeah. And then I just crack open my Diet Coke at lunch the next day and they're <laughs> all back. <laughs> Just let the aspartame flow, folks. <laughs> so this is cool. It's very detailed. It's, I feel like it's like a thought and conversation piece. I think it's a cool thing to look at with your team. There's some metrics and other ideas in here that you may not think about all the time. They label all the elements by if they're automated or manual and the platform that they're on. Sometimes you forget if something's on Microsoft or just Google. So a little nerdy, really cool. Check it out. So... I will say that it is cool audience affinity. What? The, the periodic table that that element is, is AF. Oh. Yeah, they have the little acronyms. Yep, what do they cool even AF. call those? I don't know anything about chemistry. It's the element. I can't talk about this anymore. I just don't get those ones that are so whack that they aren't even close, where you're like FE. Isn't iron a weird one? FE is iron. Oh. Look at that. Great minds. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Yep. And finally, in paid news this week, friend of the show, Acvilla DeFazio, announced that her agency, Acvertise, will be offering parental leave coverage for freelance advertisers and smaller agencies. And Acvilla was actually on the show back in January of this year when we were doing Off the Clocks. Talks about her progression into her agency, and now here she is. Breaking news. Yep. And she was also interviewed by PPC Hero. That's where we got this story. And she talks about this awesome service and how she got the idea. So we'll link to that in our show notes as well. So if you're in need of maternity or paternity leave coverage for your Google, Microsoft, or social campaigns, check out this. It's an awesome opportunity. All right. And this week in non-paid, first from Wired, Instagram will begin hiding likes in the U.S. starting next week. Quick poll. Shep, do you like this? Yes. Hope, do you like this? No. Greg, I don't like this. So, okay, so we have unknown number of people that like this and unknown people that don't like this. What, what, how does not having numbers make sense? We've talked about this. But I just showed you a real-life example. Numbers help. Numbers can help Facebook. Okay, just because we don't see the likes doesn't mean Facebook doesn't know the likes, and they can still use that in their algorithm. I'm out. I've changed my tune on this. Do you know why? Why? I jumped onto TikTok. <laughs> I got my little boomer buns over on TikTok now. And I tell you, you get in there and it's like heckin' Watson in there. Numbers everywhere. Number of times people have seen it. Number of likes. Number of followers. Numbers, 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 numbers. Nothing but numbers. And you like it? I love numbers. I'm a big numbers guy. <laughs> big numbers guy over here. And I think this is a bad move for Instagram. It doesn't make sense to try to cater. To, if you really wanted to help people, you'd shut your stupid app down. That's what you should do. That's what you should do if you really cared. Hope am I wrong on this? Okay. I don't like it, but I'm actually kind of interested on what's going to happen. I want to know if the influencers are just going to explode and disappear or I want to know what happens. It's kind of like a social experiment, so I'm kind of excited. The only cool thing about it is... If you really cared a lot about people buying fake followers, you can kind of figure out if they have because they have so few likes and so many followers. Uh, it's it's, it's, <laughs> the it's only a terrible reason, idea. The it's only reason be... I like it is because influencers suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank it's a you terrible and idea. good night. All right, next up. Kieran Hughes, at Kieran Hughes, K-I-E-R-O-N, Hughes, posted on Twitter that he's seeing a test where Google is not displaying a site's normal snippet in the search results when Google has that URL showing for a featured snippet. So usually something will pop up as a featured snippet, and you still have your results right there in Google. This is a test. I believe they tried it back in 2017. So if you're kind of a big deal in feature snippets, you might want to annotate now in GA for this test. Next up, fresh off of a successful Control-C of Instagram stories, Instagram from Facebook is going after TikTok. Users will find it in the Instagram stories shutter modes tray next to Boomerang and Super Zoom. And this is called Reels. They can either record with silence, 
borrow the audio of another video that they find through hashtag or explore or search for a popular song. Some audio snippets will get their own pages showing off top videos made with them. So Reels is the name of it, and it's launching today on iOS and Android, but is limited to just Brazil, where it's called Cenas. So I like that, named after John Cena, some big 12 Rounds fan over there. What? <laughs> Playing with fire, John Cena, notable movie actor. I, filmmaker. I don't know who he is, but is it real? I don't think it's named after him. I thought it was. Cena? This says Cenas. I figured it was an homage. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shep, I'm going to say it. This is too much. Yeah. I'd like my Instagram from Facebook to just be Instagram from Facebook. We've got IGTV from Facebook. Is that from? Is IGTV from Facebook too? No, IGTV is just part of Instagram from Facebook. Okay. I, from Facebook, GTV stories archive stories and now reels like i'm out it's too much it's too much i don't use any of it hope you're gen z is this too much for you yes they need to leave us alone (laughs) and then you're not gonna have numbers is reels is is reels inspired by john cena gonna have numbers or no because if they're copying tiktok it's just gonna be a number fest okay it sounds like it's in your story and i don't think you can see how many people have seen other people's stories, right, Hope? Yeah, you can only see how many people have seen your story, so I don't think so. You heard it here first. It's officially too much. Something that's not too much is what Twitter is attempting to do with deep fakes. Last month, Twitter said they're going to implement a new policy to help fight those deep fakes or manipulated, manipulated media that involve photos, video, or audio that's been significantly altered to change its original meaning or purpose or those that make it seem like something happened that actually did not. So they made a new draft of the policy and shared it with everybody before it goes live. I've been thinking a lot about deepfakes lately. Everyone has. And my new thought is I hope that they don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I hope they don't throw out this new term I'm going to dub right now. (laughs) I don't want the shallow fakes to be thrown out. Do you know when people make things... And it is egregiously bad. The shallow fakes. You see it on MS Paint. And they take somebody's head and then just put the MS Paint body and it becomes a meme. Yeah. The shallow fakes. I don't want the shallow fakes thrown out. They'll be here. They're here to stay. What do you think of shallow fakes? I love them. We use them all the time here in the (laughs) office. Um, I'm never one to make them, but I, I love to observe. All right. Next up, Facebook has launched a new payment system this week. Shep, can you guess the name? Payment by Facebook. Facebook Pay. You're wrong. (laughs) Way off. So (laughs) Facebook Pay arrives just weeks after many payment companies dropped out of Libra. If you recall, Libra was Facebook's attempt to make a conglomerate of folks that can hop on a blockchain and make some Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) To make some kind of currency. That was their Bitcoin, apparently. So this will be separate from Facebook's new Calibra wallet in the Libra network, but it's built on existing financial infrastructure and partnerships. You'll be able to use Facebook Pay to send money to friends, shop for goods, even to donate to fundraisers. They'll use Stripe, PayPal, and others to process these payments, and it's rolling out to the U.S. this week. This looks complicated, and I won't be using it. I'm fine just buying online. I'm fine just yeah. paying people for things. I've got no issues. I'd rather use cash than use this. Like actual physical currency? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Can you imagine? I I thought you meant the cash app. Oh, no. I meant real cash. Funny time. I was trying to pay my sister one time, and I'm like, oh, I've got PayPal, Venmo, cash, Zelle, whatever you've got I can pay you with. She's like, oh, I'll take cash. I'm like, okay, what's your cash tag? And she's like, what? (laughs) I'm like, oh, I think you meant the cash app. She didn't know what I was talking about. So anyway, I'm not that, using though. this. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to throw Facebook pay into my vernacular here. It's not going to happen. No. Okay, next up, there may have been a Google update this past week. Google's Danny Sullivan said on his at search liaison Twitter account, some have asked if we had an update to Google search last week. We did. Actually, several updates. Just as we have several updates in any given week on a regular basis. 
sassy. Webmasters seem to think otherwise. And there's a lot of talk about some decent fluctuations. So throw it in your annotations and see for yourself. All right, next up, there's a new Facebook from Facebook transparency page over on transparency.facebook.com. Everything in one spot for you. You can see all the data, all your information, and links to everything that's important about transparency. My favorite thing on the ship was that when you go there, there's a link to the hard questions block that they put up. Back when all the Cambridge Analytica stuff came out, they made the hard questions block where they'd answer all the hard questions. <laughs> AMA, I'm Facebook. There's been a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Like this week, a user found that Facebook may be using a camera when the app is being used without telling you. That's not- Or the political issues where you now can tell falsehoods in political ads. They're not going to censor you. There's a lot to talk about on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Shep, how many articles do you think made it to the hard questions blog in 2019? Ten. Three. <laughs> three. <laughs> they only I was guessing three low. hard questions. And one is, what is Facebook going to do to address the challenges it faces? How does Facebook measure a fake accounts? And how do we keep private groups safe? That's the hard questions that they had. Everything else were easy. You can't answer hard questions with a blog because you're inherently picking the questions you want to answer. I agree. That's not how it works. All right. Next up, Joy Hawkins is super excited about a new feature. And she breaks all the local search news. And this new feature is on Google My Business. She tweeted out, you can now report a spammy user on the Google Maps app. Best part about this isn't the fact that you can report spammy users and hopefully get them whisked off to Google My Business Jail. The best part is the hashtag that Joy used in her tweet. Hashtag, stop crap on the map. <laughs> it's my new favorite hashtag. I'm going to start using it in general. That is the ultimate joy bomb. It's the ultimate joy. This is why it's a joy bomb when she tweets. I was going to go out there and be like, this line at Pizza Hut is too long. Stop, <laughs> Stop crap on the map. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. So Google's got some awesome things going with my business and a few things that aren't as great as Google My Business is discontinuing toll-free phone support and any phone support. You can't, you can't even pay a toll to get any phone support anymore as the phone number to speak to somebody about your Google My Business listing does not work anymore and is stripped from the site. Unbelievable. (laughs) Are you kidding? With all the new features happening around Google My Business, you've seen things like you don't even need to send people to your website anymore with some of these new ad types. Oh, you look at the fact of do you need a website? Maybe you do. If you're local, maybe you don't. Just use your Google My Business. But now you're going to take away support? This makes no sense. And this is what Google is the worst at. Every time, everywhere is support. They have never, ever gotten support right. Google My Business was one shining example of something that they still had actual help with. Mm -hmm. And they took it away. Google ad support used to be amazing. And they took it away. And they have zero support now. They say they have support, but there's none. It's supposed to be something that small businesses can use on their own and not need help. And not have a website. It's a whole thing. You want people to, to stay in the Google ecosystem, and then all of a sudden you pulled the phone support on Sorry, this. Google My Business can't come to the phone right now. Yeah, they should just get their little automated duplex to just answer all the, the, the things and not say that they got rid of the, the number at all. All right, and last up here, Amazon is no longer going to be selling Nike products as Nike has backed out of their relationship. The company said, we will continue to invest in strong, distinctive partnerships for Nike with other retailers and platforms to seamlessly serve our customers globally. Shots fired at Amazon, yeah, but also like, hey, lots and lots of shots fired back <laughs> at Nike because Amazon has all the shoppers. Mm-hmm. It'll be really interesting. interesting It'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. I know Amazon stock went down on the news and Nike's went up. It'll be very cool to see how this plays out. And actually, there's one more news piece. I want to just turn it into a new segment. Shep, 
many times we talk about the fact where we can be a department for a company mm-hmm. and tell them if something's a good idea or a bad idea. So this is a new segment called, is this a good idea? Shep, Google is planning to offer checking accounts through a bank next year. Shep, is this a good idea? No, I don't want one. Keep it separate. Why? They already have all my like data and information. Now I'm giving them my money too. It's crazy. It's a terrible idea for both parties. Don't do it. This is atrocious. I couldn't think of a worse idea. <laughs> it's so bad. Don't do it. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work. Good, bad, or otherwise. Shep, what's been happening with your accounts lately? So we talked a couple weeks ago about lead form extensions and how exciting they were. They were in beta. I was going to try them out. I keep forgetting that it seems like they're only available on mobile. On the article from Google about it, it doesn't specifically say they're only for mobile, but when you're looking at it in preview mode, it'll only show you a mobile preview. And who wants to fill out a form on mobile? The other thing is, I feel like Google... And this isn't my idea. I think it's um, Melissa Mackey, Mel66 on Twitter, is like the spearheads this. Google is so unaware of B2B mm-hmm. in general, just in general. It's like everybody there is in California and has no idea about the problems that these smaller, mid sized businesses run into. And B2B, especially, like, sorry, there's just not that many people. Still on mobile, I know that at some point it's going to be more, but at some point people are still going to be desktop and you need to serve them well. And they just don't consistently, they don't make products for SMBs and they don't consider B2B. And it's like, at least for our clients, our B2B clients are the ones who usually are using these forms for lead generation on their website now. And they're the ones who are going to want the lead form extension. And they're not, I, this account I wanted to use it for, I have mobile turned off on all their campaigns. In, in a common sense thing, too, if you're going to fill out a form, what percentage of people do you think will fill out a form that click because that's when the, the cost is incurred? Somebody on a phone or somebody on a desktop with a full keyboard? I would take the desktop. Yeah, me too. <laughs> What's going on with your accounts? All right. So in my accounts, A, Google Ads was a little bit wonky earlier this week. And ever since, I don't see any limited by budgets in my accounts. It's super strange. These accounts that should be limited aren't. Yeah. And I don't see that anymore. And I don't know what is happening. I don't know if it's a glitch. I don't know if anybody even knows about this. But I cannot find a limited by budget in my account. I know I had some on Monday and you brought this up earlier and I looked and I have none today. I don't know when the change happened. But sometime this week. So if Google had a toll-free number of somebody <laughs> that cared, I'd call it. But nobody does. So I'm just going <laughs> to whine about it. How about that? And that's it for me this week. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Get rid of it. I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. And this week's WTH comes from the New York Times and Instagram from Facebook account called Baller Busters. And according to the Times... I like that. Just call them the Times. We're on a last name basis. Mm-hmm. So in February, Baller Buster's account cropped up and began wreaking havoc on those flashy Instagram entrepreneur community members. Many of these folks will show off their bling, their watches, their drip. And <laughs> so they'll call out these watches as being fake, the locales that these influences are in as being rented and not their own, the jets that they show up on as being a rented jet that they didn't use. And this account just goes out and finds these fake entrepreneurs that try to shake every nickel out of your pocket and expose them for the frauds that they are. This is great. I do, the accounts that I looked at of the fake entrepreneurs I fear for people who would actually fall for it. It's incredible. The article kept saying they were protecting young people, protecting young people, but I doubt someone who is under the age of like 18 could sign up for this program or whatever they're selling. And I would just hope an 18-year-old 
would know that this guy in this double-breasted jacket sitting with his wife doing an unboxing video and asking what your favorite designer brand was is just all talk. Like, it's so transparent. They're people, just, yeah. People buy into that, though. That's the problem is people are doing this stuff and trying to, you know, uh, bamboozle folks because it works. Mm-hmm. Like, it actually works sometimes for probably a very small amount of people. But I like the fact that Paula Plus is just showing everything. And I like that this is like where investigative journalism is. (laughs) You're showing stuff. You're turning everything into a meme. And it's on Instagram. And I'm really looking forward to this rolling out on CNUS. Although I will say, if you can even rent a private jet, I mean, you're doing pretty well. I guess. Yeah. Renting those PJs. Get at (laughs) it. What a world. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is Descript, and it is a podcast recording, transcribing, editing, and mixing tool. And they have a really cool new feature in the newest version of the app that transcribes and removes filler words from the audio recording of your podcast, which is really game-changing. So what, like, will it remove? It'll take out... Your ums and your ahs. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be using this yeah. because we um, ah quite a bit. <laughs> yes, we do. And I might as well just clean those right out. So our listeners will love this. Greg, who edits the show, will love this. This seems like an awesome tool. And I hope they can get likes out of there eventually. That'll be nice for me. You know, some long pauses. And one other thing, I think the pricing on this was fairly affordable. I don't think that it was necessarily free, but it starts, there is a a freemium version for three hours of transcription and it goes up from 10 and $15 a month. So again, it's not going to break your bank. Now it's time for our must read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's article comes from Danny Goodwin over at searchenginejournal.com. And Danny has an article, but also an ebook, like a 150-page ebook. Wow. And it's the 10 important PPC trends to watch for in 2020. And so Danny Goodwin asked 38 of the top PPC marketing experts and me. From paid search. Oh, come on, Greg. You're a PPC expert. (laughs) From paid search to paid social to remarketing and beyond, and what is coming in 2020. I've got a quote from someone that I thought was (laughs) very on point. If 2019 was all about audience targeting, 2020 will be the year that we speak to those audiences the right way at the right time. You fumbled your own quote a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. Greg Finn, great take. Sorry, that is a good take, that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, there are. there's mm-hmm. a lot of really good insights in this from all the experts. And again, it's, it's absolutely free, and it's like 150 pages. So if you're looking at what to do, there's shopping, there's display, there's bidding, there's messaging, there's automation, there's everything in here. Check it out. It's phenomenal. Thank you, Danny. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you to shopsej.com. When you're putting your budgets together, you're looking for more clients, more users, more traffic, more notoriety. Maybe you want to get so big that Baller Brand, what is it called? Baller Busters. Baller Busters tries to do an expose on you. Head over to shopsej.com and see all the options you have of gaining visibility through their interactive media kit. And if you're looking for other great podcasts, don't miss this week's episode of the Search Engine Journal show. Yeah, it's Joe Martinez, former guest of Off the Clock, where on our Off the Clock episode, we'll put it in the link, I found out his DJ name. Ooh. All right, and that does it for this week's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. 
And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Hack, where after famous writer news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack. And this week, we've got a brand new game, everybody's favorite new game, and it is a spinoff of Two Kinds of People. Wait for it. It is called Travel Buddies, Two Kinds of People, where you are given two different types of people. You have to go on a global excursion for 30 days with, and you have to choose the kind of person to go on this adventure with. So it's Would You Rather. Um, no, it's two kinds of people, travel buddies or whatever I said. I'm excited. All right. <laughs> Staying on brand here. So first, we're going to go straight head to head, you and me, Hope. Oh. Shep, two kinds of people. Would you rather go on your travel excursion with somebody that is keto Ugh. or a crossfitter? Oh. Okay, so this is hard because if you go with a CrossFitter, you're going to have to wait with them to do their workouts. I'm going to go with keto because you don't have to wait with wait for them to work out and you can eat their bread. That's, <laughs> That's a good point. That's a great point. You can eat their bread. Oh, what say you? Well, I'm dating a CrossFitter, so it's not bad. It's not bad. No. All right. And we're assuming the CrossFitter isn't taking a break for the trip, right? I don't know. It's kind of nice. You get to, there's CrossFitting all over the world. So you get to go to a gym. You get to meet new people. You're kind of like a local. Like, yeah, I'm going to work out in this gym right now. I live here, basically. It's kind of cool. Not cool. <laughs> no, that's cool. That, see, that is not what I thought. I was actually going to go contrarian and say CrossFitter because I feel like you'll be like bunny hopping up a mountain. And oh. getting up early and seeing some sunrises. That is and a good like point. And a little, you they could carry your bags. Yeah. Where if you're keto, you're like, oh, I don't know if I can eat here. And again, I don't say that, but most people say I that. Cannot I cannot stand people I agree. who do that. That's why I didn't pick it. My thought was like you could, you didn't have to stay in the gym like you said. Yeah, you can CrossFit anywhere. All these questions depend on where you're going, but we just won't get into I mean, that. with the keto, you're that. traveling across the globe and you're not going to eat somewhere because it's not in your diet. You're just going out body cam. Get out everywhere. <laughs> get over yourself. Okay, next up. Who are you going to choose to go on your excursion with? Person number one, a person that doesn't use blinkers. Person <laughs> Greg's number, worst nightmare. Person number two, a person that rubbernecks their way to a stop when there's a crash on the other side of the expressway. Who are you going on vacation They're with? They're both me. <laughs> Oh, I'm a rubbernecker. <laughs> Everyone's I'm, a rubbernecker. I need to see what's going on. Um, I need every detail. How many crashes are you going to see on your trip? I'll take the rubbernecker. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> I despise really? people that don't use blinkers. But I think I don't want to be around somebody that puts my own life you at risk. You travel just, with someone who doesn't use blinkers? Yeah. You know That's why? That's wrong. Do you know no. why? I feel like... This is going to be like, it's almost going to be like maybe my midlife crisis. We're going to go out. We're going to have a good time. We're probably going to end up in Vegas somehow. It's probably going to be a little bit wild. If we're in somebody in a rubbernecker, the whole thing, you're going to be at dinner and they're just going to be analyzing the receipt. Like, oh, look at this. This tax is, is 6.75%. That's, that's, that's not a rubbernecking. you just care about stupid things you shouldn't care <laughs> that's about. Not that's what not what rubbernecking is. You're just inconveniencing no. everybody. You're wrong. Like, at least you're like, I don't care about life and without not using blinkers. Like, I get that part so of it. So you'd rather die? Wait. No, I'm just saying it would be a better alternative than going with somebody that's analyzing. That is totally backwards. I never no, thought you'd I say that. About, I want to, to not just Do be involved with everybody else. I want to just be here, be it's present. It's not being involved with everybody else. It's if an accident happens, Shep, are you looking it up? Yeah, because do we think rubbernecking means different things? What it's when that? you look across the Yeah, what does that way? have to do with reading a receipt at dinner? Because <laughs> you just care about stuff that doesn't matter. <laughs> no, you. you just want to see the car accident. No, yeah, just... but then you're going to be like, oh, look at look at her and her shoes and look at this oh, and look at goodness. this. It's oh, my goodness. Look at five look at seconds. Okay. No, it's too much. I, you guys are both wrong on that. So you failed that one. Next up, would you rather go on your excursion with somebody that orders a well-done steak or somebody that uses ketchup on every single well meal. Steak. Well done steak. I hate well ketchup. done steak. That means it's really cooked, right? Yes. Because that's that's me. That's what it means. Little known fact: my least favorite thing is ketchup in the world. 
but I will choose the person with ketchup and everything. Because somebody that orders a well-done steak has no taste. Wow, that's kind of rude. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. Do you know why and it's gonna be I do that? Horrible, it's, it's an indicator for no. a bad time. It's bad vibes, no, 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 no. bad mojo. I have very good vibes. The person I get the person that likes ketchup and everything. You just like sugar. You just like I'm just gonna douse it's it in sugar. sugar. And it likes rotten tomato I smells. I like my steaks well done because I'm terrified of getting sick from meat. Yeah, and you're not gonna be too much fun on a what vacation. What about someone who dips? How is that? That's just being paranoid. Their well done steak. In you're ketchup. too straight edge, man. That's straight edge. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? No, it's you want to have a good time. Somebody the well done steak. They don't have taste. I get well I think both steak. people don't have taste. I'm a great time. I agree, but you can just say the one person just likes sugar. Like, it's going to be a funner experience. Yeah. Okay. No. Next up. They're going to crash on the sugar. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> finally. Who do you choose? When you're in the bathroom, <laughs> the person that doesn't knock and just jams the door handle open, or the person when you do knock... That doesn't say anything at all, even when you knock very hard. This is a horrible game. Are we we talking? It's just weird questions. (laughs) I I, I like what I think about. I'm like, what's worse? What's worse? Why don't you just call it what you rather? What does it have to do with Because you have to travel with this person. Okay. (laughs) I don't like this question. This is a lose lose. I don't know. You're weird if you you can forget to knock, but it's weird if you hear someone knock <laughs> and you don't say anything. I don't get it. It's not like it's like an escape shoot that you have where you can just like roll out the window. Is this like, a public? You think like it's just gonna go? Yeah. Or you're well, you sharing a, ho- a hotel. With you're them? sharing yeah. a hotel room with them, and right, this happens. But you have to be with this person. This is their in embedded in their DNA. Um, I would go with just. Opens the door. Me too. It's a two-person hotel room. Because maybe so you're they gonna know if they're in there. Maybe they open it slowly. Slow open. Right, but it, the greater good. I feel like the person that person is hiding something. Okay. The person that doesn't admit that they're in the <laughs> so bathroom. Weird. The person that can't say occupied when you knock on the door. They're hiding something, <laughs> and it's probably a lot worse than them in a bathroom. And that for that reason alone, I don't want to go on the trip. With them. Okay, but devil's advocate. If there's only two people in the hotel room, you will know they're in there. So it doesn't matter if they don't respond. I'm not even so worried about I'm the bathroom at this with... point. I'm worried about if the fact they're hiding themselves in the bathroom, what other demons do they have? What do they have in their closet? What skeletons are in there? This is getting really That's deep. true, but I'm just talking about getting through the trip at this point, you know? No, if you're in the bathroom and you're hiding in there, I don't want you around me. I don't know what else you got hiding. <laughs> Both pretty bad. All right. Well, I agree on that. And we will see you next week.